Welcome to the Menu Bar. I'm Zach Saichi, and my co-host is Andrew J. Clark. This week, we sit down to discuss that feeling of design versus chaos, mysterious coincidences, emotional openness, working with the universe as opposed to against it, and much more. This is episode 32, Me, Here with My Sad Box. Welcome to the Menu Bar, a place to relax, talk tech, and drink. She told me in the text message, like, so this is going to sound super weird, and I don't even want to tell you because it's super fucking weird, (laughs) but my friend is a witch. (laughs) I'm listening. (laughs) And she told me that that a Zach would come into my life. Wow. Uh, She said that that happened in September. That that happened. September. Okay, so a couple of months ago. Yeah, but huh. I mean, like, so that was when that was in the middle of me being at the height of all the of all the crazy, mm. um, and crazy changes in my life and everything, right? And then is that, is that when we were in Hawaii? It was, was when we were, yeah, it was when we were in Hawaii. <laughs> it's like okay, so there were these other machinations happening back home that I have absolutely no control over (laughs) that are getting ready to pound me in in uh november (laughs) it's like what the fuck is happening and i actually this universe could just please chill out andrew i want to be really clear i actually am fucking weirded out by the whole thing i don't know what to say about it what do you make of all the coincidences in that um i'm getting tired of the shit because i don't believe it (laughs) Uh uh-huh (laughs) hang on (laughs) well i mean i mean well no i don't i'm not tired of it. it's really neat but like rational zach is still up there somewhere going like you still don't really believe this yeah but then everything else in me is like it really doesn't fucking matter what you believe because it's happening (laughs) so you gotta fucking deal with it yeah or not you could not deal with it. Um, you could just, you know, leave that. <laughs> and just exist in rationality. Yeah. Or, like, not go back to Hawaii. Or, like, not do these things. It's like, but the more that I've been doing these things and the more that I've been getting into it, it's like the more that these events seem to occur. Yeah. Um, what do I make of that? I don't fucking know. I really, <laughs> you know, I really don't know what to make of it at all. Other than there are ways that the universe works that clearly we don't understand (laughs) (laughs) and i would say that it kind of gets back to the idea that that the subjective and objective sides of reality are both real Hmm. the the, this is a core intuition that i've always had um or at least going back to when when i started studying wilbur and that broke my brain just this notion (laughs) that these two domains of existence are both completely real um, and that to, to, to try to reduce one to the other is a colossal fucking mistake, you know, but yeah. the problem with the subjective realm is that it's all kind of nested in chaos. <laughs> and it's very hard to quantify, particularly because you can't, you can't do any kind of inductive reasoning with the subjective world because once it's happened, it's happened and that's kind of it. There's no way to repeat the experiment. Totally. Which makes it almost like it makes it opaque. It makes it beyond the ability to kind of quantify or write down or kind of seriously analyze like there's this idea that, and i think i'm just getting this from jung but this idea that like the only things that we can actually scientifically quantify are the things that are so simple and so rudimentary that they can be repeated a hundred times over and over and enter exactly the same state and then we can reset the condition but almost nothing interesting in the universe <laughs> in our world right. in our kind of psychic domains can be reduced like that so instead, we're left with just this incredibly crude set of, you know, scientific rational tools that doesn't seem to get to the heart of anything that anyone is really struggling with. Totally. Totally agree with that. Um, and I, Man, Hawaii it, switched you on. That just, that just popped your antenna out. I love it. It popped something. I don't know. What's, <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm noticing things that I just, I'd never noticed before. And I, I mean, I'm still... F- thinking more or less in the same way it's just it's all heightened and it's all i don't know in the, in the more that i'm sort of accomplishing the more and more of these weird events keep happening i don't know it's just fuck it you have to i mean what, what are you gonna do you got you fucking gonna argue with it or are you just gonna 
like do something about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people choose to argue. And the the like what to do about it does it doesn't occur to me that I should just like be like, no, anytime that happens, I'm gonna <laughs> fuck you. You know, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me that you have taken on a bit of an openness in the world. Yeah. Which seems to be just letting fate or possibilities and emotions just kind of funnel through you in a way which maybe previously you'd be really just blocked off from, kind of numbed from the world. Does that feel right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think, um, I mean, I think I've always been open, but like I've been open recently at a level that would make previous me like question what the whole notion of being open even is, right? Like I've been mm. really open recently um, and kind of purposely counter-programming against my own nature a bit. Like if I, <laughs> it, like I've you know, told you before, it's like if I used to say no to that thing over and over and over again, if I was afraid of that thing over, you know, all the time, then like that's the thing I really want to go do. And I've been mm. trying to get myself more in that mode of thought. Uh, as opposed to being trapped by the fear. That's really cool. Um, it's kind of an emotional and empathic openness as opposed to intellectually open. Because you're always going to be intellectually open. That's just your thing. But to be emotionally open, that takes a ton of spine and a kind of throwing care to the wind kind of attitude. They're like, you know what? We're here. It's time to do this. Time to get in the water. Time to face the fears. Face the music. I mean, I think being a little bit intellectually open um, created helped create the conditions for like being able to be emotionally open um, to some extent, because it's like it's like all this stuff that I used to be really interested in, like the Ken Wilber hippy dippy woo woo integral theory stuff. It's like this stuff has just been sort of sitting in the back of my head, like a like a you know sleeper cell agent type thing <laughs> be ready to crack at any moment like a splinter in your mind driving you mad totally and then and then for what one reason or the other it all kind of has come together this year where it's like i'm only now starting to understand this crazy stuff that i you know sort of indoctrinated myself self with early on well, you kind of indoctrinated yourself but then kind of drifted away from it it was like yeah, yeah. I um I always stayed a little interested, but I was uh, there was a point where I was diving headfirst into trying to, you know, turn it into a lifestyle, like a way of living. Wow. And um I definitely drifted away from that. Yeah, and I mean that's probably hard to sustain if you have, you know, family and kids that you're raising and all the other all the other things that take up your day-to-day -day energy. The last time that I recall having the mysterious coincidence thing happening like over and over again and all the time was after I had read this, this awful, awful book. Um, <laughs> at the time it was, my mind was blown, but like I read this awful book called, uh, the Celestine prophecy by James Redfield. Oh yeah. And it's this, um, it's this book about like, insights in peru uh the, the the like ancient insights um that were were kept secret and and now these insights are being unveiled um and and it's like this big conspiracy where like the church doesn't want anybody to know about them and blah 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 and it would upend religion and it would upend everything and um but something about reading that book and what it was about um caused me to go into this temporary time of like just being in the flow of things. And it was, it was a, the, the bizarre thing about it was I was so different during that time period. I was like, I would, I would stop and talk to anybody who wanted to have a conversation and I would have a deep, meaningful conversation with that person going on the belief that every single person that I interact with had something of value to say. <laughs> and, and, and like I am meeting people because I have some piece of information that they need and they have some piece of information that I need. And so I would, I would have these conversations with everyone from like bus drivers, the homeless people to like the person at the, you know, the, the store clerk at target, whatever. 
uh, I'd get into these deep conversations. And the more that I did that, the more that life events would start swirling around in the same way. Uh, and I'd start noticing things more. Super interesting. I don't know. You know, it's probably like, you know, fucking all crazy shit, right? I don't know. But like, <laughs> but I all I know is that when you can flip that switch in your head, it, it definitely works. And that was the last time that I felt what I'm kind of feeling right now in my life. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense, though. Like, if you are approaching the world not as this adversarial, monstrous vibrating thing and what's it going to do to me and I need to like, keep it at bay. If you're actually immersing yourself in it and like talking to people with a true genuine interest, right? then like the world responds. People instinctively can kind of sense that. And like when, as you're walking around in the world and your antenna is up, other people can kind of vibe that and that sort of makes their little antenna poke up as well. And then suddenly you're having this kind of, you know, this exchange, this real interaction. Um, yeah. So I can totally imagine you sort of buzzing around and people just being kind of charmed by you and your kind of energy because it is charming. It's a tremendous way to be in the world and not many people can do it. Yeah, I mean, at a at a basic level, kind of what you're doing when you when you're able to put yourself there is like you're manifesting opportunity. You're create you're you're creating opportunities for things to happen uh, whereas before there, there was nothing, right? So like, you're never gonna get any information if you don't talk to anybody, right? If, and, and then, I mean, you can bury your head in a book, um, and not actually go do something or like, but you won't know what book to read, right? <laughs> like, yeah. this, isn't that interesting? So you won't know what book to read unless you go talk to somebody. And if you go and pick your own book, you're going to pick a book that just you already agrees with your point of view. You're probably not going to be surprised by that book. But if you go have yeah. a conversation with somebody at the right time, at the right moment, at the right place, and it, it clicks in your mind in a certain way, and you go, oh, I need to go read that one, or go find <laughs> out about that album that that guy told me about, or whatever, you know, yeah. um, go consume this piece of media over here. Um, yeah, you can create quite a, a, a tapestry of... Uh, I mean, maybe this is why I, I'm so broken in that I have so many interests is because I've just had too many weird conversations <laughs> with people and I'm so <laughs> open to uh, like, oh, you know, you're into donkey porn. Wow. I've never really been into that, but you're telling me that it's super profound. Let me go check that Let's out. go check it. No, not, not, you know, nothing quite that like that. But if it was, you know, vaguely, you know, about sure. psychology or philosophy or anything that ends in ology. I would be super interested. I think, like, as you're describing all of that, I'm just thinking this whole idea of manifesting, which we somehow keep talking about, but, you know, like the secret and those sorts of ideas or like self-help programs, so much of it is just about understanding that you are in the system. You're in the matrix. And as your sort of code and signal and the attitude you put out and the choices you make and the things you pay attention to, as you notice the world, it notices you. Mm. And there's this feedback loop, but it's a kind but of does it does it send agents to kill you or does it? <laughs> hey, if you if you if you press the wrong buttons, sure. <laughs> Just read you know about anyone who you know gets abducted by the FBI or ends up in you know some crazy military base, and you realize, wow, this crazy shit is happening to all sorts of people every single day. Right. But I wonder if like all spiritual practices and all self help programs are ultimately just about moving you further along that spectrum to acceptance awareness and openness to the world because that seems to be where all the all like the bliss lies and all the happiness and all the just good relationships that sense of okay if i could just get out of my head for long enough and be in the world this could actually be pretty cool but i'm not because i'm fretting and i'm worrying and i'm anxious about what's happening tomorrow and i'm spending all my time on a bunch of apps social media all that stuff is just these these cellophane screens in the way of the things that we actually seem to want, which are, you know, conversations and love and trust and something kind of that feels genuine and real and is irreplaceably now. Sad little boxes that make us more sad. Yeah. <laughs> which we carry around and charge up every day. Did you, did you see that, that uh, YouTube 
uh, or it wasn't on YouTube. It was on, someone posted this on Twitter. It was like a review of the new iPhone. But then when you clicked it, it was this guy talking about, here's my review of the sad box, the, the, the new, the new <laughs> little sad box that makes you sad. And yeah. he's like, here to me, it helps you take, uh, you know, selfies where you're pretending to be not sad. And, <laughs> and then you, it'll help you, uh, you know, look at other people being, being not sad, which, you know, makes you sad. And it, it just goes on and on and on, uh, <laughs> about how the, these things are ultimately just these little boxes that you stare into in order to be more sad. And there, and you have to, you have to have one, um, as the reviewer says, because when he didn't have one, he said for, for one week or, or a day or something like that, he said, going to the toilet was much more boring. <laughs> And he just couldn't deal with that. So he had, deal with it. he had to have the sad box. I mean, this won't surprise you, but I did not see that video. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> you don't you don't Twitter. I do not Twitter anymore. I do as we've started releasing these crazier episodes, I've periodically just gone to www.twitter.com slash zakichi just to <laughs> just to see what's up. It's pronounced Zaichi. <laughs> it's pronounced psycho if I recall right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah my my twitter can be interesting i mean uh, i don't i don't i'm not i'm not like a hothead like i used to be on twitter though I, yeah i feel like i feel you've calmed down a fair amount it's been a while i mean i still get involved in stupid shit don't get me wrong <laughs> but there's a calmness to the way that i get involved even in that stupid shit um because i I'm, i kind of don't really care like if I see something that I can contribute to the conversation, cool. But mostly, like I'm kind of just chilling on Twitter lately. I don't really, yeah. I don't really have any desire to get in any fights with anybody. Um, but we have been getting a lot of really super cool feedback. I think about the last two episodes of the show. That's cool. Uh, particularly that last episode. I don't think anybody on. Uh, the face you of think the, they weren't tuning in for us bagging on polyamory for 45 minutes? I don't think that that was a thing they expected, <laughs> no. Um, and in a way, that's fair. That's really a, fair. And in a way, I'm happy about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I, fe- I feel like, you know, we're, we're starting to finally get into some real territory here. Like, yeah, it's, it's weird and scary, but I like it. It's like a, it's like a good scary. It's less scary right now. I actually feel, I'm feeling pretty good about it at this point. Well, that's awesome. Well, that's cause you're in the flow. Your, your whole hologram is starting to work for you. The, cr- the, the crikey IPA is not, not, <laughs> not hurting. Absolutely. Crikey. <laughs> I can say anything right now. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Life is short. So seriously, why are you messing around with complicated, difficult setup Wi-Fi? With Eero, there just isn't any need anymore for messy, difficult experiences setting up and maintaining a strong Wi-Fi signal throughout your house. The people behind Eero set out to do one thing, to create a product that delivers a fast, reliable connection in every room of your house, and even in your backyard. They accomplished this by bringing the idea of multiple Wi-Fi access points and mesh networking to consumers for the first time. I recently set up one of Eero's home systems that contains a base station and two access point units, and this is seriously one of the best experiences I've ever had setting up any consumer tech product. I just downloaded the Eero app, plugged in the base station into our modem, plugged in the two access point units, did some quick setup through the app, and I was off to the races. For the first time, my family is experiencing the same fast and reliable Wi-Fi throughout our entire two-story house. I can't recommend this product enough, and these new second-generation units offer even more speed and range in the same elegant design that people have come to expect from Eero. They even offer something called Eero Plus which is designed to provide easy, trustworthy security that defends all of your connected devices against malware, phishing attacks, spyware, and unsuitable content. They use advanced security by checking the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats. If you enable it, Eero Plus also offers content blocking, so you can choose what your kids can and can't access right from the Eero app. Last but not least, Eero has ad blocking. That's right, you can get rid of annoying ads and pop-ups that plague the web which doesn't just save you the headache of dealing with annoying ads, but vastly increases your browsing speed. The combination of Eero with Eero Plus provides complete protection and reliability over every person who connects to your network in your home. I love Eero, and I think you will too. So head over to Eero.com slash menu bar and snag $100 off the Eero base station unit and two beacons, and you get a year of Eero Plus. 
One more time, go over to eero.com slash menu bar and get $100 off what's, in my opinion, the best Wi-Fi system on the market with a base station and two beacons and a year of Eero Plus. Thank you so much to our friends at Eero and back to the show. I feel I feel slightly jealous almost because over this sort of past year and a half of woo-woo, DMT, et cetera, there have been times when I've gone into that flow state and then fucking swept out of it as well. Um, and it's such a blast and it's so nice to be there and then so infuriating to get lost in old patterns and sort of pop back out. Yeah. Not saying that'll happen to you, but that's definitely been the struggle for me. It's like, all right, I now know these things and I know them deeper than my intellectual level they're deeper than my rational mind they're kind of like a visceral bodily soulful knowing why is it so hard to remember that (laughs) and not let the mind get in the way and you know and trip up over my own feet well you see andrew um, (laughs) as your guru uh no 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 no, no, that's a very that's a very cruel impression of me i know uh when (laughs) honestly so the I, i i have been down in the shit and going through my own loops I mean, um, how did I describe this to um, our mutual friend earlier today? I said, it's kind of like like life at the moment for me is like is like space invaders. It's like I'm just sort of clearing wave after wave, and it gets a little <laughs> harder each time. and uh-huh. but but sure enough, they come back every time. Right? <laughs> and and but it's progress. <laughs> yes, it is. absolutely. <laughs> at some point. You know, I'm gonna not have this shit handled, and and the fucking things are gonna come down, and they're gonna eat me, and I'll have to go through the fucking rebirth process all over again. Um, isn't isn't that kind of life though? Like, you know, every hero's journey has that low point, constant um, death and rebirth. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like imagine if you reached a point where you were no longer growing. That would mean you're no longer gonna have those collapsing on your face and get covered in space invaders. Yeah. But it would also mean you have sort of nowhere else to go. Isn't it that Jordan Peterson clip that we, we've been wanting to run, but we have yet to figure out how to put it into the show, um, where he talks about how like being alive in Western civilization feels like being nailed to a cross. He's like, yeah. well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's life is suffering. You that's get what it. religious people have always said. Yeah. It's like. Oh, yeah, yeah, being unfairly nailed to a cross all the time, feeling like you're dragging this thing. Yeah, Uh (laughs) uh-huh. It's almost as if religious people or or religion or mythology is pointing to something that might be vaguely true. (laughs) I I would say that's likely. I would say the longest, the like the longest lived cultural artifact humanity has created, there's probably something to it. There's probably something in there that makes it uh, resonate. Are you trying to tell me, Andrew? Are you meaning <laughs> to tell me? Are you trying to say that history is important <laughs> in some way? I'm saying every religion is right from a certain <laughs> point of view. So much of history is like is mythology. And what does the word mythology yeah. mean? Um, uh, Joseph Campbell had a really good way of putting like what is the meaning of mythology mythology is basically other people's religions that's <laughs> basically what, what mythology means and like one of the things that just drives me crazy andrew about people that are completely turned off to this whole cup by the way again i like i can qualify it over to get like i'm an atheist i'm an atheist i'm an atheist it doesn't fucking matter the people that don't <laughs> care will never care even if i keep saying it but like sure. But this this notion of throwing all of this really important stuff away on the basis that like, what's some of the stupid shit that atheists say? They say things like, "Oh, I don't believe in your man, your old man in the sky." You know, that's that's <laughs> a, that's a stupid thing that athe- an atheist would say. Um, sure. Hey, and I've been that stupid atheist many times. Yeah, or these dumb, stupid teachings that are for ancient people. <laughs> You know, whatever. But anyway, like... The implication of all of it is that we're so much more advanced, it must all be irrelevant, which yeah. shows, like I, like I get it, but it's, that is born of ego and hubris. It mu- There's I mean, no way the human mind has developed that much in the last few hundred years. It does not... That is not how it works. That whole, is not how culture works. The whole notion that it would be irrelevant is like, <laughs> holy fuck, how did you get there? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? 
fuck are you even doing? Like, how did you... Okay, so here's the board. Here's all of history. And you're like, this doesn't matter over here. All of it. All that matters <laughs> is the present moment and everything that Bring I know down. right now. Yeah. And the frameworks that led up to me being the person that... The, the talking obnoxious motherfucker that I am right now. Um, none of that actually matters. All these stepping stones, all these ladders, and all this ascendant stuff throughout all of yeah. history. None of it, all of it doesn't matter. <laughs> and all that matters is like postmodern nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Me here with my sad box. This is all that's real. Yeah. And there's people that really fucking think that. It's I like, know. I, I don't think you're an atheist. I think you think. I know you think you're an atheist. Damn it, Andrew! No, 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 no! <laughs> Don't you take away my label? <laughs> I'm sorry. This is my identity now. Don't you fuck with my. Don't you fuck with my identity, Andrew? <laughs> my I, I, this is my identity. You're not messing with it. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens come January. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, why would you say that I'm not an atheist? You give me your best. Let's play hardball. Why am I not an atheist? <laughs> Well, oh, there's so many levels I could take that at. <laughs> the th- I guess the thing most relevant to what we're talking about is like you kind of know there's something else going on here. Mm. Like you know there's a reason that mythology has developed in the way it has and the, the role of story and archetypes. And, and you're starting to see it seems like some of the some of the result of sort of opening up and being a little more sort of flexible like that. Sure. But I think there's also like a kind of deeper, almost sort of Hindi sense that like you know the name, you know your face, you know your true face. Some part of you deep in the back of whatever consciousness is knows who you really are. Hmm. And this, you know, this whole game right now of Zach, the atheist Twitter e-grade celebrity <laughs> however you identify yourself <laughs> is a is a fun game and it's a it's a cool little trip cool little diversion you know along this 14 billion year long highway right but, but it's not that big of a deal really no um but okay but but but, but. Um, why I would con- why I feel comfortable calling myself an atheist and why I would continue to identify as an atheist is that I can still boil down everything that you just said in terms of process, in terms of systems theory, in terms of sure. things nested inside other things nested inside other things. Everything is both, you know, whole unto itself yet part of another emerging system. To me, that's not like okay, you can go hippy-dippy-woo-woo with it. You can go spiritual with it. Um, And to some extent, I kind of am. But what I mean for me, when I I say atheist, when I say, like, I'm an atheist, and I actually, this isn't just a joke, I really do use it so that I can not have to talk to the door-to-door people. That's number one. <laughs> That's number one. I don't want to talk to Valid. them because because they're not going to have this. They might have this conversation with me, but probably not. Right? It's a big. It's a big gamble, and you're going to get pamphlets regardless. Super big gamble. But number two <laughs> is that um, to me, science and religion are exploring the same the same thing, which is like we're both we're both both of these things are trying to find out what truth is. Sure. Right. So, well, what is truth? Well, truth is. Like what you don't know about becoming something that you do know about. And both science and religion are essentially trying to do the same job. It's like you can almost boil it down to like jobs to be done theory. We could do this with <laughs> do this with science with science. Don't you laugh at me. I science love, I love science, I mean, science and religion, you can jobs to be done this whole situation. <laughs> And you could say, well, what is science hired to do? Well, it's like to find out the truth of things. Well, what is religion hired to do? Well, to find out the truth of things. One of them comes out of from uh, the center of gravity of the subjective realm, and the other one comes out of from the center of gravity of the objective realm. It's like both of these things are just trying to find the truth. Now, why would I continue to identify as an atheist? It's because I I want to probably filter out. Uh, 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 the the hmm i don't know i 
<laughs> it Damn it, Andrew! To, it, I know it comes down to it comes down to the problem of words. Words are images, and images are subjective. It's like, do you believe in God? Like, well, I don't know what you mean by God, so I'm not sure. Well, what are any of these labels? So you're trying to communicate something to the outside world to some extent, and and for the most part, I feel like my whatever belief systems that I do have um, boil down better into the uh, atheist you know, camp, I guess. <laughs> sure. Then to say, Hey, I'm like a religious, I, I, but I'm not a religious person. Like no. I don't have a religion and I don't really believe in a God. Sure. Right. But what does I, that mean? I don't know what it means. Atheists <laughs> with benefits. I already solved this equation solved episodes it. ago. <laughs> Job's done. No one's heard. No one remembers that. That was months ago. Right. Um, <laughs> this is like when people say, you know, well, you know, do you believe in God? Like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to pass that anymore. Mm. There are about a dozen, a dozen different things you might mean by that. You might mean, a, you know, yeah. is there someone who's going to judge me for having sex outside of marriage and I'm going to go to hell after I die? You might mean, do I believe that I'm part of the bedrock of existence? And that's a really big continuum of possibilities, you know, between there. You know, one of my favorite things about Jordan Peterson um, is the fact that he always asks, well, what do you mean by? So if someone asks him, do you believe in God? He, he'll, his immediate response is like, well, what do you mean by God? Someone yeah. will ask him, well, is this true? He's like, well, it depends what you mean by truth. Like, in a way, <laughs> he's kind of being an asshole. But on the other hand, like... That's actually how complicated shit is. It's like, I actually need to know what you mean when you ask that question before I can even begin to address you. It's yeah. like, maybe I kind of do, but like, what conversation are we having? <laughs> you know, I, I, I found that like 99% of the problem with people trying to interpret intellectuals and either coming away like loving them or hating them or whatever, you know, basically comes down to this this fundamental problem of like, are we even on e anything like the same wavelength? Are we actually having the same conversation right now? Or am I using words that cause you to associate with something that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about? Well, it's kind of getting a little more existential. Um, like, have you ever met anyone? Right. Have you ever actually spoken to anyone? Not really. You've spoken to your own filtered simulacra <laughs> inside right. your mind. Like, I think we're talking the same language. I think I know what you mean, but actually I'm projecting all of it because I have no access to you. I only have access to me and I don't really know me very well either. It's like shadows talking across a pond. Yeah. So it really <laughs> kind of matters what you mean by, you know, a word. So in terms yeah. of like, well, what do you mean by, by God? It's like, I mean, I could tell you both that I'm an atheist and that I believe in God. It just depends like which conversation you want to yeah. have. Like, I can give you a definition of God that is so broad as to encompass sort of like the aim of, like, not the, even the aim, but whatever, like, religion is nested inside of, right, <laughs> is, is, this, is this core essence, which is like, well, you could call that God. Yeah. That, but that's not how, but, but, but in colloquial terms, in terms of day-to-day -day usage, like most people don't use the word God like that. Increasingly, though, I'm finding that people do use the word God like that. Yeah. Um, well, the new the new age movement, I think, is about uh, changing some of those meanings of words to mm -hmm. move the move the idea of spirituality and even religion away from the stuffiness of you know the church systems back to something a little more a little more organic, hopefully a little more tribal. But even then, that's really hard because no, we don't have any good words for any of those things. It just, it just can't be Wicca. It's too new. It could be Wicca. <laughs> it, it can't be Wicca. Guys, I think it's Wicca. It can't be Scientology. It can't be Wicca. Um, I'm a big fan of, of old religions because they have, uh, they've been around a while. And it took a long time for those things to kind of evolve, for those ideas to kind of come about. Um, I'm very I'm more skeptical of of religions sort of like pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> sure. Um, oh, I, I can think that they're clever and I can think that they're kind of fun, but um, like the Bible is super interesting as a work of literature, right? I mean, like you couldn't ask for a more uh, 
a more a more interesting document of like human thought than <laughs> yeah. than the Bible. So it gets it's super interesting when people just like are just like eh, it's all a bunch of made up crap. It's like holy cow, like you know, <laughs> like as is Wikipedia though. It was super hard to write stuff back then. Who you know, and and like and like this stuff's pretty darn good, you know, relative to the time that it was released. Um, sure. You know, I don't know. It's kind of it's like it's like looking at an old movie and being like, I I, I don't like it because I just the special effects take me out of it. <laughs> the pace is so slow. The pace is so slow. Or you can see the the string on the spaceship and in, in the day the earth stood still or whatever stupid. You know, nonsensical thing. I, I people, looking, always... people are always very quick for a reason to dismiss things, it seems like. Yeah. Like everything we've just described is a kind of intellectual shorthand. Like, I don't have to worry about that or watch that or think about that because X, Y, and Z. But it's all just kind of excuses. It's all, it's all avoidance. <laughs> None of those excuses are real because there are no such things as excuses. There's just doing and not doing. Well, and there's like what takes up people's attention, which is this, this is a problem, you know, for, for our generate, <laughs> for our generation and yeah. the generation coming up after us. It's like, oh God, well, poor bastards. Right. So like, what is taking up your attention? It's like, what, what matters to you is whatever is taking up most of your attention. So you may never even like, I can imagine someone growing up today and never even asking themselves the question, like, you know, why don't I watch black and white movies? Yeah. And then, and then I doubt like their friends will will challenge them. They could go their entire li- lives without ever <laughs> wondering about like why it is that they never took a damn interest in old movies. Um, and, and like on one hand, it's like okay, hooray, like progress or something like that. But then, <laughs> without an understanding of 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 the history of things, I just don't I don't understand how. I'll be dead. It'll be fine. Fuck it. I'm drinking more IPA. Interrupting for just a sec to talk to you about Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. The number one thing that keeps me personally away from investing is the intimidation factor. But Robinhood makes it easy for stock market newcomers like myself to make their first investment with total confidence. With a simple, intuitive design, the Robinhood app can help you learn how to invest as you build up your portfolio. There's even a personalized news feed that helps you discover new stocks that you might be interested in, and custom notifications indicating price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. So check it out. Robinhood is giving Menu Bar listeners free stock like Apple, Ford, and Sprint to help you get started to build your portfolio. All you have to do is go to menubar.robinhood.com to take advantage of this special offer. One more time, that's themenubar.robinhood.com. Thank you so much to our friends at Robinhood and back to the show. <laughs> I'm just really interested in this thing that you identify as an atheist because I would not say you describe anything in the way which a conventional, like the sort of people who describe themselves as atheists online don't talk <laughs> like you. So I'm wondering, like, why not agnostic? Why not something a little broader <laughs> than atheism with benefits? Um, I will... Gosh, agnostic. Agnostic is such a is such a kind of floaty, isn't it? Doesn't feel very real. It doesn't it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like you've actually put anything on the table at all. Like it, mm. it just sort of feels like, well, I don't know. I whereas if at least if I say I'm atheist, it's like we're gonna have a conversation. <laughs> if you want to, right? Like whereas sure. an agnostic agnostic is the guy who's sitting at the table and is just like Oh yeah, I think this is all interesting. I think it's all really good. I think it's all really great. <laughs> like agnostic is for people that that that, that they <laughs> they can't make a decision about anything. Have you seen a show called The Good Place? No, I haven't. Oh man, oh man, you got to watch The Good Place. There's this character named Cheaty that perfectly encapsulates what I mean when I say that like <laughs> agnostic is the is the person that can't make a decision. like like, and again so okay between you and i andrew i am (laughs) just between the more technically correct way for me to operate in the world would be to say i am agnostic because like there's a lot of things i don't know but for me it comes down to like 
what is it I'm trying to communicate with with people? Um, if I just say I'm agnostic, it's like it's like not one. It's not interesting, and it doesn't. For some uh, reason, you can, I you can I can feel I can feel you undoing your own argument here. <laughs> you don't believe I'm this. undoing. Well, I'm undoing my own <laughs> argument. Because think I, about this: when you say I'm an atheist, you in some subtle way shut down people who might want to have a more interesting conversation because people know what people who are atheists think of them. That's true. Fuck. <laughs> Maybe we should come up with a word. Because I agree. I agree. Agnostic feels just very. It's got no teeth. Yeah, very, very floaty, very, very pudgy, kind of. Yeah, religious, like religious or like atheist. Those are yeah. strong words. <laughs> yeah, agnostic is like limp. So I'm just trying <laughs> to come up with how can we how can we more accurately describe what I am. I had this solved with atheists with benefits, but apparently you think that's too cute. It's it's pretty cute. It's pretty good. <laughs> and I would accept it over agnostic. Okay. <laughs> but right. slightly but it's slightly a bullshit thing. Okay. That's, I, that's, that's true. I, I sometimes think about this with me, which is that like I don't really know what I believe anymore. But I know I know what I know and I know that I don't have words to describe it. So that mm. kind of leads leaves me shit out of luck. Because I can't, there isn't a name for whatever it is that I'm sort of discovering and finding out about I think myself. They call, I think they call that Buddhism. Like it's close to that, but it, it feels very preachy to call myself Buddhist because I'm not nearly aware enough of it. It's like it's like neo-Buddhist almost or kind of like, it's like, you know, a little bit of the Matrix, you know, a bit Alice in Wonderland, you know, something, some kind of like like a kind of cultural Buddhism almost. Yeah, I mean... Like, okay, yeah, I mean, you really want to know how I really feel about this, like, 100%. It's like That's if, what I'm here for, Zach. So, if you're religious, I am an atheist, and if you're an atheist, then I'm religious. Now, that <laughs> sounds like I'm just being an asshole, and it's true. I am. <laughs> but it's like, all I'm really interested in here is, like, let's just have a damn conversation. If you're yeah. willing, if you want to have the conversation, like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> But, like... Like it's just, uh, it's 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 a complicated problem. Ironically, that is how Buddhist teachings work. Like a lot yeah. of um, you know guru student Buddhist relationships. Being a contrarian prick. A little bit, but yeah. like that's kind of the structure of it. Is that like if you're if you you know if the student asks a very holy question, then the teacher answers with like, "Pass me that knife." <laughs> if they <laughs> ask for something sort of mundane, they say, "How do you know you're not that knife?" or whatever, or you know, a better koan than that. Yeah, always hitting you with the damn stick. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. just like trying to like just like the, take you to the middle way, almost just sort of pull you out of either either kind of pretension. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, that's maybe we're like non-atheists. We're unatheist. I mean, the truth of it is that I'm not really religious and I'm not really atheist. And agnostic just sounds too, uh, too limp fame. to me. So, um, <laughs> very phallic conversation. I feel like I feel like these are things that it should be okay to just wear them. You know, like mm. everyone, every I'm an atheist. I'm a religious person. Like it should just be okay to just wear that. The hat. No, I'm just joking. That's a terrible idea. Um, I mean, but ultimately, like, what I'm interested in is just is just having conversations about this stuff and like people not taking themselves so fucking seriously. Yeah. To be honest, why do you think people do take themselves so seriously? Like, there's an excess of seriousness on Twitter because the consequences of not the consequences of making the wrong move or what is seen to be the wrong move can be so great that people feel a need to, to be right. Um, you know, so like, because, because the stakes are so high, it's like, I'm trying to think of something that's not a hornet's nest to give an example. <laughs> I was going to say climate change. <laughs> <laughs> So like proceed. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in climate change a, a thousand percent, but like like why do people feel a need to uh be so serious about this stuff? Um my guess if I can just well, survive <laughs> it's well so survival is the first thing that I would come up with. 
Hmm. But like people take politics in the US really seriously, which makes sense in a way because it's very serious, but it's not like their other actions are commensurate with that. It hmm. feels like the seriousness is part of a performance. It's part of a, well, if I were a good person, if I were the person I'm pretending to be, then I would really, really be worried about climate change. Yeah. But I'm also not buying a Prius or changing my lifestyle and I'm flying around the world as a digital nomad. Right. Like it feels, it feels like there is a kind of farce happening with it. And it, in reality, people are way less invested in the games that they're playing than they are acting like, which is fine. But let's be honest. <laughs> like let's start being a little bit honest with ourselves about what we really care about. But there again, if people are, if people are enjoying it and, and I'm using the word enjoy in a very broad sense in the same way I feel many people enjoy feeling angry, enjoy feeling sad or depressed or anxious... I don't know. Maybe I can't take that game away from them. Huh. I mean, the, the everything's a game. Yeah. Everybody, and we, and we pick the game every day. We choose which game we're going to play and how we're going to play it. Everybody's projecting something, and we always, we always have been. It's like humans are just kind of a little extra broken than the rest of the <laughs> fucking animal kingdom, in that we can't stop. We just keep going, <laughs> and we get more serious over time. Yeah. But but that that's counter to the, to the whole flow thing we are discovering. Yeah, it is. So when you enter a, when you enter the flow state, you sort of back out of the seriousness of your own projection. Mm. Oh, I like that. That fits in with meditation and Buddhism and then hallucinogens. Just pull you back out of these sort of like imagine someone wearing ten masks and each mask is wearing another mask and there's just sort of sticking out like a T shape. And you're just like, nope, drop, 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 drop. And we're just here. And there's no reason for us to be here. It doesn't matter if life on Earth ends, actually. I don't know. Like, so there, I mean, there's things to be serious about. There, like, if something is an existential problem, if, 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 um, if climate change is like definitely going to wipe everybody out, you know, pretty soon, and there is actually definitely something that can be done about that, or at least we think there is definitely something that can be done about that. <laughs> then I can imagine caring quite a lot about that, right? I have kids. Sure. Like, I don't, I really, really don't want the world to turn into a, you know, Mars, say, in the next 20 years. That would be bad. Um, sure. I don't think it'll turn into Mars, but it could, it could get pretty bad, right? Yeah. But, like, you know, so I can, I can, ima- I can, I can understand why, why people do get so serious or so caught up in these things. Or like, let's see, um, let's, let's, fuck it, cornets and S, let's go right into it. Uh, like, let's say you're religious and you believe, um, you know, abortion is murder, right? Sure. If you believe that, if you, if that is what you believe, it's like, hmm, you know? I mean, I, of course that, of course you're going to be, you're going to take that super seriously. Yeah. And if you can, if you can, you know, the trick is, can you, can you empathize with it? You're making me wonder what comes first, the, like the belief or the game, like are people who care terribly about abortion and want to outlaw it, are they starting from the place of like the idea itself, this is wrong, or are they kind of backing their way into it? I think they really believe that it's wrong. But it's not commensurate, not commensurate with their action, their other actions though. Like the, like there's a lot of like there's a lot of Christians who were really really excited that we were you know that America went to war with Iraq. But no, but <laughs> every pe- go into pe- another pe- people nest. are fundamentally messy and complicated. This is true. <laughs> I mean, like Accurate. the like the last person. I, mean, I don't know. It, people are are. <laughs> I stopped myself from saying a thing, Andrew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wasps wasps everywhere (laughs) there's a wasp in here but people are messy and complicated and so why i find integral theory specifically so helpful for me personally in terms of trying to fucking like un uh trying to get through this like spider's web of a a problem that we call life and like understand (laughs) looking at and understanding people yeah um it helps to understand that everybody like we to talk in broad strokes about like what people find to be worth taking ser- so seriously 
or whatever. Like it doesn't really work to talk in broad strokes. The reality is that people are super messy and they're super complicated and they could be fucking anywhere on the spectrum <laughs> um, from, from archaic to fucking plural or integral in their worldview. Um, and they can do that in terms of multiple intelligences and they can completely contradict each other uh, themselves. Yeah. Right. They can completely contradict themselves in terms of, you know, I feel this way about this thing over here, but about that thing over there, I've never really cross referenced the two. And I really don't give a <laughs> fuck to do that. You know, <laughs> but, do, but do they though? Like eventually the thing that pulls them out of one level of development up into the other is noticing a schism noticing an inconsistency within themselves and eventually that that little itch becomes unbearable and they find a new worldview and usually kind of are pulled up that line. So it sounds like any any seriousness or any internal conflict is just a sign of not being at the next level of awareness. I mean, look, uh, people only can undergo so many um, worldview transitions in a lifetime anyway. True. Um, oh, with that attitude... Well, and again, I mean, it gets kind of damning in a way because it's like <laughs> most people, like by the time you're basically past, you know, like 25, 30, something like that, by about that time, you're going to be like maybe on the cusp of uh, climbing into another perspective. Sure. But if you haven't kind of gotten there yet or like if you've kind of settled at, 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 an, at another place the likelihood of you climbing several stages in, in, in comprehensiveness of, of worldview, you know, in a short period of time, the chances are actually like zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it yeah. just doesn't, it doesn't happen. Unless you meditate. And I'm actually saying that genuinely. Like there's a good bit of evidence that meditation can pull you up a fair amount. It, but, it, but even with meditation, so like if you haven't done this by the time you reach a certain age, by the time that your like brain has matured by a certain point, the this sucks and it's bad news. But like you will do fuck all to to, <laughs> to to change it. It's and it's not even like you like could you do it? I don't know. But they you don't is the sure. thing. That's the problem. Is like once you reach a certain point. For the most part, by and large, and there are exceptions, but for the most part, by and large, people just don't. And, um, you know, that just seems to be the way that our brains are wired. Like you get up to a certain point and then you kind of, you know, you have temporary moments of maybe, you know, seeing into the higher stages of awareness. But like, you know, for the most part, you're kind of you're kind of stuck to wherever it is that you kind of landed. Do you feel like you're that you've peaked? To some extent, yeah. I, I feel like I'm I've I don't feel as though I could go much further. Hmm. Um but I do feel like I could go a little further. <laughs> but it depends on what you mean by further and what it <laughs> depends on what we're talking about. Joe. <laughs> Right? It's like it's all anyway, we've totally lost um everybody if they're still listening. <laughs> At this point, I suspect that the notion that people's brains kind of calcify, you know, at roughly our age, which is why we're getting both getting a little bit defensive about this. Mm -hmm. um, like, I'm sure like on average, that's true. But I wonder, I wonder how true it actually is, hmm. because I can certainly feel within myself over the last year and a year and a half, tremendous internal restructuring. And it only seems to be getting <laughs> more and faster and yeah. it's very hard to imagine any of that settling which is like a kind of sad idea really like i would love to arrive at some point but you know talking to our mutual hawaiian friend he says well he's like you know cusping on 70 and he's still learning just as much every day about himself and you know everything that is in him and everything that he actually is um it just slowly clarifies over time yeah you know, and I, I well, I think with him, and I think with a lot of other people that I've met who who are older and have, um, frankly, like more open minds than I, than, than you or I, mm. um, and, and like, there's actually quite a few people out there that are exceptions to this rule. Sure. And um, near as I can tell, the the best thing to do is you have to think about your brain almost like a you know, it's just like any other muscle on your body, 
Like it has to be exercised and you have to actually, you know, if, if that's important to you, if mental health is, you know, there's a thing that's important to you. Is it, un- it must, like, it must be unimportant to people, but what a strange sentence. Right. Why mental health is not important to me. But people don't think about mental health in terms of transcending worldviews. I guess. Well, you know what I mean? Like people think about <laughs> mental health in terms of like, well, are you basically stable? It doesn't matter whether you think like, like, you know, abortion should be illegal or whatever. Like it doesn't matter what your fucking views are. Right. <laughs> mental yeah. health uh, typically is seen as like, like, are you a stable individual? Whereas my version of mental health is more like, are you, are you continuing to learn, grow, and transcend into the next into the next thing, right? So, like, if that thing is important to you, the only thing that you can do about that problem is to make a conscious decision to do something about it. You uh, read as much as you can uh, about um, things that get you thinking all the time, or you do hardcore meditation. Meditation has been proven to make you know for this to work uh, better than anything that we know of. Um. If that's a thing that's really important to you, it's like you've got to you've got to want it. It's but it's just it's the same thing as like, you know, I'm I'm really weak and I want to be strong. It's like we well, got to go lift some fucking weights. So why why do we know so many people who don't want to do any of that? Who don't want to lift weights and also don't want to deal with their mental health within any definition? I mean, it's, it's you know, I mean, I, I don't I don't know why why <laughs> don't are there know so many people. It's so surreal to me. I don't understand why everyone's on Twitter and not like, you know, traveling the world or doing hardcore drugs or going to meditation centers or, but I mean, like, that's exactly what I was doing and not doing to begin with. So I guess what I'm asking is why didn't I want to improve myself earlier? Because there's no incentive, nothing in the world (laughs) right now. It's the sad, it's the sad box problem. Nothing in the world (laughs) is telling you that it would be a great idea to like, fucking do anything other than like consume more shit (laughs) okay like they're it's not so it's not even a it's most people it's not even a choice they're making it's it's just the thing they're doing yeah like you have to be at a certain level of awareness to even see the shit right Mm. (laughs) let alone (laughs) try and do the tremendously exhausting work of actually doing anything about it and it is the hardest, most difficult thing in the universe. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and on the upside of everything, if you can consider this an upside and if you believe in progress, like on the upside, <laughs> this entire conversation that we're having right now would not have been fucking possible, you know, uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, right? It's like, you know, it, it's cool and, and, and progress is happening, but it's like, as far as the tremendous number of people that just seemingly don't give a shit, well, there's always a tremendous number of people that seemingly don't give a shit. But what matters is that there's some people who do give a shit and they're continuing to, you know, break through to the next, the next thing or break on, break on through to the other side. Hmm. You know what I mean? And so where do, where do these episodes and the reaction they've had fit into that? Do you think? I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm trying to work that out. <laughs> Because um, something's, in- something's going on here. Like I'm feeling better and better about this show and our, you know my relationship with you and your relationship with me and just the, the doing of the doing feels kind of better and better. But I can't – there's like a mist in front of me. I can't see where it leads. I can only yeah. see where to put each sort of foot in front of the next. I think it's just about the journey. And, it, and, and for me, it's like – so I, I, I bullshitted on the first – several episodes about like i just want to keep having conversations i just want to keep having conversations but like what do you mean by conversations (laughs) (laughs) right so now like i'm not even interested in having a conversation unless it's something like what we're doing right here wow you know what i mean i don't want to just do an interview i want to i want to talk to people like we are you know this this show i feel like is evolving in real time people are Mm. kind of if they're listening to this at all, they're they're hearing sort of the the machinations of us sort of going through the process of actually trying to figure out what it is that we want to do together with this with this thing. And mm. all I know is that makes me feel awesome. 
Me too. Is it right? Is it wrong? I no longer give a shit. Right? It's like, I just know that this, it feels really cool. And um, this is less depressing. (laughs) (laughs) And it's more the other thing. You know, it feels so. If, so that so this is us resigning our intellects, yeah. and following our hearts. A bit. Well, I don't know about resigning our intellects. Not being not being led by them. Like this may not be the smart move, but it might be the right move. Well, not being led by fear. Like, what are we afraid of? It's like, oh no, it might not be about technology this week. Oh no, it might not. Whatever. Like, it might have been, someone might be upset because they misinterpret something that. I fucking said like who cares <laughs> you know it's um it doesn't it doesn't matter there's like <laughs> let's just have real yeah. conversations and like you know let's figure it out in real time i'm okay with that <laughs> my intuition continues to be that people are hungry for that and if we can keep showing up and doing that which is hard yeah. <laughs> and difficult we nearly didn't even put out the last episode that is true but if we can if we can do it then that could be a kind of good, a kind of greater good. 100%. That's where, that's exactly where I'm at with this. I want <laughs> to, I just want to put something positive out in the world. Even if there's a couple of people who think it's like negative or something, I don't really care anymore. I just know, again, that it makes me feel good to do this show, this real show where you and I are just having a real conversation. To be doing this with my best friend is so much more important to me than latest tech shit of the week. I do that that, that 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 shit is literally just for Twitter. That shit is literally just for Twitter. <laughs> we've know? done the tech show. We've tried we've ta- we've tried our hand at that. And you know even in the first iteration of the show where it was theoretically more about that, we were not very good at sticking to that. Like we pretty quickly dovetailed into all our own madness and <laughs> psychoses. I love it. <laughs> Me too, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>